and it was packed. That was the year Dave Robinson came out of the um, out of the, the Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. So everybody in L.A. wanted to see Dave Robinson. He was the Michael Jordan back then. He was yeah. the, the new guy coming in. Mm-hmm. He was the, the best, yeah. best thing. So everybody wanted to see him. So the first, the first team played and lost. And the guy from Atlanta came up to me. He goes, if you guys lose, they're going to cut you tonight. Straight away, they're going to cut you. Yeah. I'm nervous. I'm already nervous. I'm shaking. The gym is built in Utah. There's six feet of snow. I don't have a coat. <laughs> I don't have a I don't have a coat. I have yeah. no coat. So Charles Barkley, we jump in a taxi. Charles Barkley what? Open the door, my eyes are bloodshot. You know, I can't walk. You know, we got training. So I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm a professional. Mm-hmm. Grab my bag, grab my shoes. I can't see, man. I'm telling you. So the my first day of training. Alrighty, well, he needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. We're going to start Hall of Famer in the NBL, two-time NBL champion, fifth all-time in a scoring as a scoring leader in the um, NBL. That wasn't good. We'll keep going. <laughs> Five-time NBL All-Star. He won a Finals MVP in the NBL, which we'll talk about for sure. I got a story about that. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of stories. It's Leonard, where's my super suit Copeland? <laughs> good, <all right. laughs> That's funny. How you doing, Leonard? Talk to us. I'm good, man. Good to be here. You guys are all happy. You had your McDonald's. You're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're all good, hyped man. up. Pre-game meal. Yeah. Yeah. Can't be telling the audience. Okay, yeah, my yeah. bad, bro. My bad. Hey, we, <laughs> we eat healthy over food. We're talking about that. We're saying you look like Jean Rondo. I look Kevin Garnett, Rajon Rondo, <laughs> uh, Super, what's his name? Frozone. Frozone, I look like everybody. <laughs> everybody. Yeah, you get it a, a lot then? I get it a lot. Okay. Yeah, I do. All right, yeah. let's take this from the start of your journey. So if I'm not mistaken, born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Yep. How was it right, being born, like spending your childhood in those areas? Atlanta was mostly a black city. Um but it was, and my family were middle class. Like, I was the youngest kid of six. So all my brothers and sisters had moved out by the time I started growing up. And we had this big, massive house upstairs, downstairs. So I don't want to say I was spoiled, but, like, my brother had a great job. And my sister, my sisters worked for a company called Sears and Roebuck, which supplied house, um, toys and and um Furniture and that kind of stuff. So every Christmas, like I had everything. My brother, I remember my brother bought me a motorcycle one time. Yeah, I had a, a pool table. <laughs> I had a pool table and a ping pong table. You know what I mean? So because I was the youngest, and my, my yeah. parents worked, but they were always helping out. You know what I mean? So I was sort of, I wouldn't say spoiled because I knew I was being looked after, but they did the right thing by me, man. They really did. Yeah. So it was easy for me to grow up in Atlanta. You know what I mean? So one thing caught me. You said ping pong. Are you good? I am good. Yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. And pool. Oh, I'm, 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 hey, I don't want to brag. I got you. We got I'm you. I'm pretty hey. good at it. Hey, yeah. it's, coming, <laughs> it's, it's coming. We're gonna miss you. Okay. All right. So Atlanta, growing up, it wasn't like because obviously we hear stories about Atlanta. You know, in the six, in the sixties, seventies, eighties. You know, we hear. Martin Luther King was uh, was big in Atlanta. Yeah. He was. He went to the same school as he you. He went to the same school. Okay. My mom and my mom and dad went to the same school, and all oh. my sisters and brothers same and time? myself. Yeah. Did your parents go same time as mother? Yes, my mom. So high school sweethearts? No. I wish. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, Martin Luther King's massive. You see his 
statue everywhere in Atlanta yeah. and, the, and the even now I saw like the basketball team that had the MLK jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Atlanta Hawks. Because you yeah. you were, were doing some research, said you like you were born. I think two years after this, I have a dream speech. Right. So you're like when there was real activism, like right. you know, growing up then. So how was it like Martin Luther King? Just these influencers. He would see. By the time I'd grown up, though, mm. I, it really wasn't as big as yeah, it was, like was when I was born. Later, yeah. I was one or two, maybe it was big then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. By the time I got up to elementary school, high school, I didn't really, like I said, again, I didn't see it because we lived sort of in the suburbs. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Rather and, than you know, the yeah. ghetto. Rather than the ghetto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. I mean? So I didn't, I mean, my mom and dad still followed and, and made sure they did the right thing, but we, I was sort of protected from all that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Which is. Which is good. It's yeah. a blessing, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Your sister's name Martin? Ma- <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 Middle name? No, none. Damn. How, how about the school? Like, was Martin Luther King a big influence in the school? No, uh, um, the school was Booker T. Washington. Booker T. Booker T. Washington. Yes. It was a massive, <laughs> massive, massive school in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, and um, again, like I said, all my brothers and sisters went. And a, a mm. quick story. Like, my, my two brothers played football and one played basketball. So, at our house, we had this big mantelpiece. So, they had trophies, trophies everywhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm. And then my sister was a track star, and my other sister was a cheerleader, okay? Yeah. So, so we had study. ribbons and yeah. stuff okay. everywhere. Athletes. But I had nothing. So, in high school, my junior year of high school, like, for Thanksgiving, we'd all sit down at the table, mm. and my one brother that was older than, a little bit older than me used to always tease me, when are you going to put something on the mantelpiece? When are you going to mm. get a trophy? Mm. And so my junior year in high school, I said, I'm going to try out for basketball. I liked the game. I'd play in the backyard, but I wasn't great. You know what I mean? And I tried out, and I got cut. And MJ so, story. Cut yeah. from your high school. But then my, my, my senior year, I said, well, look, I got cut my junior year. I'm going to make the team my senior yeah. year. I got cut again. So I got cut twice in high school. Yeah. But realistically, I just wasn't good enough because the team was a okay. very good team. Good team. Yeah. 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 Sorry, what age did you start, like, Trying to play like play basketball or take it fairly serious? Well, I, obviously I wasn't serious enough. Yeah, 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 yeah I didn't yeah, make yeah. the team. Probably get into it. Yeah. But even yeah. just like, but I never played. Play like the first time I put on a jersey, I was in college. That's the first time I had a jersey. Wow. Never played oh, any so. boys' yeah. club or anything like so that. Technically, a bit late. Yeah. Very late. That's, yeah. a, that's a Hakeem yeah. story. Very yeah. late. Yeah. So uh, when I got cut those two years, but I played football. Yeah. Okay. So I lettered in football. I didn't play a lot, but I still lettered. You know what I mean? Football is in NFL, yeah? Yeah, yeah NFL football. Yeah. And um, sort of, yeah, they got a little trophy for football and stuff. And had it on the trophy? Manifest. Yeah. For, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny man. <laughs> Comedian over here, huh? <laughs> now, I had to ask. Because they talk about it now, like, with kids. But then in the 80s, you don't know, like, what's, you know? No, you, you weren't good enough, you didn't get a trophy. Yeah. Now they give every kid a trophy yeah. for participating. Get out of here with that crap. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I don't think it's the right thing, but, yeah, you, have to, you should, probably should earn. You know. but it's, like, it's like that dog mentality as well. It's like MJ has a similar story with him and his brother. Like, his brother was motivating the whole time to yeah. actually get mm. into the NBA and That's all that right. kind of stuff. Was that your reason why you wanted to become? Well, my brothers were, I wouldn't say the word motivating. They were being... Smart asses. Yeah, know, yeah. That's like all the, the way, brothers, the way that all the brothers are like yeah, that. Yeah, though, yeah, you know? yeah. They pushed me to that level, though, yeah. to say, look, I'm going to. But then when I got out of high school, I started growing. Like, I remember the year I graduated, and my mom was like, your pants are too short. We've got to buy you some more clothes. And my shoes were getting too small. Yeah. So I shot up, and I had no idea what I wanted to do when I came out of high school. And it was like seven guys. We all hung together. Mm. And there's one friend of mine, Fred Clyde, who I grew up with, he got a job at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which is a newspaper plant, mm. the Herald Sun here. 
Okay, he started so that's big. Yeah. So he was pushing the big roles, right? Mm. But he was like, and he we, we had uniforms and had his name on it and had Atlanta Journal Constitution, right? Mm. And then he got a couple of more guys on. And he got me on, right? So it was seven of us working at the Atlanta Journal Constitution. Yeah. That's mad. It's and so yeah, with your voice. Let, let, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why I only worked there for about a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't a hard job because we were just like high school again. Yeah. All the guys hanging out. We were muck, mucking around in the, in the hallways. Mm. There were plenty of girls running around <laughs> yeah. everywhere. You know what I mean? So it was fun. <laughs> but you're getting money this time. But that's right. You're getting money. But there was this old guy came in our locker room right before we went out. We, we started at 7 o'clock every morning. And the, there was a night crew that came in. They were older guys, like real older guys. Mm. And there was this older guy that came into the locker room, and he had this gray beard and gray hair, and he barely got into the locker room. He was shuffling his way into the locker room, and he said, all oh, the young boys are here today. And it was like a light came on. Mm. I, I, I'm telling you now, it was like a light came on. I said, there's no way I'm going to be doing this for another 50 years. I'm not going to, I mean, yeah. nothing, not, nothing against the job. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not going to be the one coming in and shuffling in in 50 years That's saying. Crazy. It's your personality. It's what you want. Yeah. I went in. This is on a Monday morning. <laughs> I walked into the boss's office. Yeah. His name was Mr. Fan. I remember Mr. <laughs> Fan knocked on the door. And we were just sort of the young crew. So he didn't yeah. have much time for us. Yeah. I said, Mr. Fan, I need to talk to you. He goes, I'll, 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 I'll come by and see you in a couple of hours or something. You know, go ahead and go, go back to work. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm pushing rolls and picking up cardboard boxes and stuff, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I got to just tell Mr. Fan, I don't want to do this. Yeah, got to get out of here. But I was appreciative that he'd given me a job and all that kind of stuff, but yeah. I said not. And I didn't tell any of my boys, no one. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Fan never came by. Right when we got ready to, to stop at 3 o'clock, I knocked on his door again. I said, Mr. Fan, I need to talk to you. He said, come on in. Mr. Fan, I can't do it anymore. Uh, you know, thanks for the opportunity, but I, I want I want to do something else with my life. And he said, "Are you sure? Because I, you know, I got somebody else that will come in straight yeah. away. You know what I mean?" Yeah. I was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure," but I had still had no idea. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I I remember going home that day, and my sister was at over to visit, and my mom was there, and I said, "I quit my job." My mom said, "What?" So what, what are you doing? Are you, yeah, you're yeah. not going to lay in bed all day, you know, <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. And I said, I want to do something else. And my sister said, don't worry about it. Go back to school or something. We'll find something for you. My sister was, you know, she's she supportive. Was very supportive. Yeah. And she said, don't worry about paying for it. We'll get it up. We're going to yeah. do it. So straight away, Georgia State was a Division One school. So that's a big school, okay? Um. 30, I think it had 36,000 students or whatever. That was in the city, though. It was a concrete campus it wasn't like a grass campus yeah. georgia tech was five minutes down the street so it's georgia tech georgia state and then the university of georgia is about 45 minutes away hmm. but i was and then there was those black colleges morehouse marsh brown you know those black colleges i could have gone to but i was like nah i don't really want to go to black those. colleges what do you mean black colleges all That's black like dominated by black all people. black yeah, you yeah, say yeah. all the teachers are black the students are black yeah yeah so it's just it's a, the reason why they're all black well, because there's a lot of black people in Atlanta. <laughs> and a lot of the grants go to those yeah. kids, yeah. you know, that don't that are less fortunate or whatever gotcha. to help them get to the next mm. level. So I remember like signing up and applying for, for school and I, I still didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. But but you like that first year, you just take regular classes anyway. Okay. So you enrolled in college. I enrolled okay. in college. I'm walking through the college to have a look. Just walk, got my yeah. books with me. I'm walking through, and I open the door, and it's the gym. 
and I'm walking through the gym, and there's a sign on the wall that says tryouts, like on Thursday or Friday yeah. or something. It's a cinematic. And then <laughs> it was meant to happen because yeah. the like the gym was on the third floor, and then the fourth floor had a track, and the fifth floor had a track. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm all inside, yeah. and on the fourth floor, the coach was walking around the track. And he saw me looking at it. He goes, we're having tryouts. Next Thursday, come out. You know what I mean? <laughs> if that's not he a saw sign, you in your come toilet, on. Like, yeah. I told you I started to grow a little yeah, bit. You know what I mean? Stuff, yeah. But to be honest, they only had one scholarship left. You know, oh, so, my God. And so, you got cut from your high school team twice. So it was like, it's a big thing to go and try again. Man, you, you know how nervous I was? Yeah. It's a massive thing. So I, I got cut already. I'm not that good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. to play. And yeah, I was yeah. playing a lot in the park. Yeah. And I was playing because I started to grow. And people were asking, do you play basketball? Yeah. So I started playing a lot at the park and backyard. I was playing. Yeah, I get that question. And, and Do you have the love, by the way? Like love for basketball? Yeah, I started okay. loving it. Okay. I started loving it yeah. like my junior year when I got cut. Yeah. Then I, I picked it up my senior year. And then that, you know, that time in between, I was playing a lot, mm. you know. And the coach said tryouts. And it was 32 guys tried out. And I put on a show. Like, mm. I, Damn. But it, look, let me tell you something. I played outside myself, though. Yeah. I, I still think about some of the stuff that happened. Mm. That's happened to me three times in my like life. You're on yeah. your game. Everything. I've had, three, yeah. I've had three outer space experiences yeah, yeah, on the basketball court. Yeah, yeah. I can name the three. What was going through your mind before those trials? Because I was nervous. I was shaking. Because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. because what happened was I was in class with a couple of other players, and the, the teacher asked everyone to stand up and introduce themselves. Oh, no. And say, what's your, what, do you, what do you want to major in? Now, I, I love playing, so I was thinking aviation. Yeah. I said, I want to major in aviation, but I still want to play basketball. And I heard the two guys in the back laughing. Because yeah. they knew me, but I never played. Yeah. So you don't walk onto a Division One team. Yeah, Division One yeah. is the top level. Yeah. Yeah. You might walk onto an NAIA school, yeah. and then there's Division Two, mm. and then there's, you know, Division One, yeah. that just one. doesn't happen. Yeah. No yeah. one does it. Uh, but I was very athletic. Like, I could jump. I could jump yeah. over the backboard, and I could shoot. And that, those two things were very good for yeah. me. Yeah. Can you still do it? What? Jump shoot, I can shoot. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I'll now, I get to the tryout, and we're on the, instead of the third floor, we're on the fourth floor, that track, but they had another court there. And the court was a little bit longer than a regular court. And the coach came in, and he used to chew a cigar. He never, he never smoked it. He'd always chew it. Evidence. He'd always spit the tobacco out. His name is Bob Ranhart. And he was a scout for the Atlanta Hawks. And then they brought him in to be the head coach. Okay, okay yeah. so he had a lot of connections, and I, and I yeah. say that because my story will, will tell you how yeah. I got to the next level. Yeah, and he said, "All right, fellas, it's thirty-two of you guys." He goes, "Put them in teams. The assistant coaches put us in teams, and let us play." And every, all the coaches were standing up, and all the guys that were already on the team were up there watching. Okay, they were already on the team, yeah. so there's thirty-two new guys yeah. trying to get that one spot. Yeah. That's tough thing, too, for one spot. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Everything I shot went in. Yeah. Every time I touched the ball, I dunked on somebody. Boom. I dunked so many times. The coach sat down against the wall. He said, I want to watch the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Remember yeah, him yeah, saying yeah. that? Okay. So it was just one of those days where everything went right. And it that's happened away. three times in my career. But it just, I'm talking about, I can't remember how I played so well. Yeah. And... And, and you were nervous too. Normally, but, like but, you come but I just like, started playing basketball, and it yeah. just started. I was just so much better than everybody there. Yeah. I, I feel like not you, you not making the high school team twice gave zero expectation for you on that day. Which probably, 
Probably. Yeah, but a lot yeah. of people, it forms their identity. They're like, oh, I failed twice. Now I'm just going to, you know I don't care. Mean, I, don't I don't care. care. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I never thought about it, though. I just yeah. went up there thinking, you know, if, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I'm still going to be in school, though. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah. I was thinking aviation, yeah. but I wanted to play basketball. So yeah. I said, why not try out? Try out. I get there, and then after the tryout, he came up to me. He said, listen, if you continue to play like that, you're going to be a superstar one day. Damn. And I said, wow. He goes, be at practice tomorrow. Yeah. So I didn't know, I, but see, I, I never played on a team, yeah. so I didn't know the logistics of <laughs> now what happens, yeah, who pays out. for what. I don't know nothing. I know nothing, yeah. zero. So I said to one of the guys, you know, how do I, who pays for my plane ticket? You know, I was just asking questions. How do I do this? I've never flown on a plane either. Yeah. Never been on a plane yeah. at yeah. the time ever. And you wanted yeah. to be aviation. And I, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yes, yes. Never been on a plane. I just picked aviation. Damn. Now listen, I get and then and, and the coach. Called me in and he said, "Listen, we're gonna give you that scholarship. That pays for your, your room and board, your books. It's your job in the summer. That's you amazing. Money in the summer. That is and, amazing. and I, I said, you know how long he goes? That's a four-year scholarship. He goes, you're the luckiest guy in the world. Ooh. So I went home and I told my mom, and my mom was like, what? Liar. <laughs> <laughs> so my mom called my sister. My sister was like, what? What are you talking about? You, <laughs> that didn't happen. I said yes, and then I started playing. First year I didn't play a lot." Second year, I played a little bit more. Third year, mm -hmm. I played. I became a sort of a star. My fourth year, I was a man. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, and yeah. that was the time, like in the eighties, where they actually stayed in college three, four years. Everyone yeah. stayed in college four years. There yeah. was no leaving. So, I played my four years. But my coach was a scout for the Atlanta Hawks. Mm -hmm. So, my third and fourth year, my junior and senior year, scouts would come watch the scouts Were from the Lakers. Guard? Huh? Shooting guard in college? Yeah, I was okay. a shooting guard. Scouts would come from the Lakers. From from. From the Spurs, we had scouts coming from everywhere, just watching some of the players. Like mm -hmm. we had some talent on our team, though. Yeah, yeah. And you're talent, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. we always both teams. Because yeah, yeah. you're Division One, so yeah. there's always gonna be scouts in the stands yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Always. So, if, so after you got the scholarship, was that like sort of the first time you're like, "Yep, yeah, now I'm gonna go to the NBA"? Like that's no, my no. So the, when, the, when the NBA when was <laughs> not even on my mind, man. Let me, let me tell you, really? because I because I wasn't I wasn't focused. I, it wasn't about getting to the top. It was it was step by step for me, yeah. Because it happened so fast and it happened so. So you were just quick. going with the process. I was just going with the with the flow. Yeah, yeah. I'm going with the flow. That's and then what's the next it's thing gonna happen? You know what I mean? I, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? So once I got to that third and fourth year, I started thinking about it. Yeah, I'm thinking about it, but I'm thinking maybe I go overseas. But what happened was my senior year, I won player conference of the year. So I was player conference. The, the, the whole conference, I was the best player in the conference. Yeah. But one of the coaches. From another team, Arkansas Little Rock, he got a job in Kuwait. Yeah. Ooh. Now, he offered me a contract to go to Kuwait. Why didn't you go? Yeah, let me tell you why I didn't go. <laughs> 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 All right. Now, he, he money. Kuwait is where the they, they were having a, it was, they, they were fighting. It was like a war over there. Oh. It was war. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, I turned him down. I turned him down and said, listen, nah. I said, I don't think I'm going to do it, So man. you knew what was going on over there. But I did, yeah. but I just, like, just talking to people, yeah. they were like, man, be careful. It's you know, only you know. TV news. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, be careful. Don't, don't, you know, don't rush in anything. Why don't you have a look at other teams? Other, I said, okay. And then I told the coach, I said, look, coach, I, I thank you for it, but I'm, I'm probably just going to want to stay, on, you know, in the United States and see what happens. Who was, like, who did you kind of verse in college? Like, was there anyone you, like, I, know, I think Scotty Pippen was those years and stuff. Yeah, no, no like nobody in the D one. Who I don't know who was D one. No, nobody in our conference. We're in the okay. transatlantic, uh, the TAC. So I mean, maybe one or two other guys. There was only one other guy that went NBA out of our whole conference, Aww. 
And I was the only guy from my whole school to ever go NBA. So wow. And then okay. Yeah. So are you saying that your college or high my school? College, my college. Okay, college. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, so and it was a D one school. Yeah. Oh and damn. But then after I left, yeah. another guy got drafted or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But like if you like Zarina's put up photos. She went to visit my school, yeah. and they got a picture of me and. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Over there still nice. Yeah. 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 But but. Dude, I wasn't thinking about the NBA until that senior year when those scouts started to come. Mm. And the guy came up to me and he said, look, I like the fact that you're wiry. You know, you look like you can play multiple positions. You shoot the ball well. You know the game. You know, and I'm hearing all this. And I start thinking, wow, mm. this could happen. This could happen. Potential. Yeah. It could happen. And then the Lakers invite me to rookie camp. Yeah. Gotcha. So, I, but listen, that must, have, that must have been surreal. This is a crazy story. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you go to rookie camp, you're there for 30 days. Okay, you're there for 30 days. So I packed everything, all my shoes, all my socks, a suit. I took the kitchen sink, man. I just <laughs> <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I'm I packed it. everything. And this is the first time the Lakers invited two teams rather than one like every nba team has a rookie team yeah. they'll bring in 14 guys mm. okay mm. So you see and they might pick one guy to go to veterans camp mm. and hopefully he'll make the team mm. okay they'll cut the whole rookie team okay the lakers invited two teams so they had 28 guys and and my and they, get, they were handing out jerseys my jersey was 106 what is that you know what i mean yeah. 106 yeah but I didn't, it didn't bother me because there was one other guy from Atlanta who was on the first team, okay. and they played a practice, they played a practice game. And uh, they played in the first game of the, uh, the summer league. The summer league was at Loyola Marymount, and it was packed. That was the year Dave Robinson came out of the, um, out of the, the Naval Academy. Mm -hmm. So everybody in L.A. wanted to see Dave Robinson. He was the Michael Jordan back then. He was the, the new guy coming in. Mm -hmm. He was the, the best, best thing. So everybody wanted to see him. So the first, the first team played and lost. And the guy from Atlanta came up to me. He goes, if you guys lose, they're going to cut you tonight. Straight away, they're going to cut you. Yeah. I'm nervous. I'm already nervous. I'm shaking. The gym is packed. I'm talking about packed, man. Yeah. Well, oh, you played college in front of people, so you yeah, but, but, but Yeah, but now I'm, I'm playing as a pro, and we're playing against yeah. Dave Robinson. My yeah. first game was against Dave Robinson. Yeah, there's yeah. more pressure. And everyone's yeah. here to watch and him. And everybody's here to watch him, right? Yeah, yeah, that's big. Let me tell you, again, Another one of those times when I played outside myself because I wasn't that good. I was good. But okay? not that good. As but not that yeah. good. I, like in college, I was good, but I wasn't that good. I'm being honest with myself. Mm. I wasn't that good. Yeah. Sometimes you need a little luck to get you to the next level. Yeah, 100%. So somebody was with me. You understand what I'm saying? Mm. I, I'm not, I'm not being here blowing smoke up myself. I know <laughs> I wasn't that good in yeah. college because I only played – a year, you know, how, how do you play better than 32 guys yeah. and make a, team, a Division One team? Mm. So this time, I'm playing with the Lakers, and we're playing David Robinson. I had 35 points. In an NBA <laughs> summer league, I could not miss, man. I, everything I put up went in, boom, boom. And somebody shot a jumper and missed, and Dave went up to get the rebound, and I caught it, and I dunked it. Ooh. And the people Dang. went did I big berserk. Dave they went, berserk, they went berserk, man. They went berserk. I'm about to go. They berserk. went berserk. <laughs> they went berserk, right? Yeah, yeah. So I felt great. <laughs> but we lost. So I'm thinking they got to cut us. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't cut us because we played really well. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So 
Was David Robinson like amazing? Like, amazing. Back then, Man, yeah. he might have had 42 or 45. So he killed that game yeah. as well. Oh, he was, he was better than anybody else. Yeah. He was better than anybody else. Now, my jumpers just was, just, was yeah. going. Yeah, I was going for the other team. Yeah, yeah. I was the best on our team, though. Mm. But he was the best in, in the game. Yeah, 100%. by far. He was. He was Dave Robinson. But you posterized him before anyone Yeah, else. I got him, but yeah, Come that on, happens. Yeah. That happens in the NBA on everybody. <laughs> but then the second game was the next day, and we played against the Philadelphia 76ers. There was team. something about that gym mm. that just made me feel good. You know, you're already full of confidence. Mm. I, I come out with 35 points and have a dunk, and everybody's now looking at me like, I got a New Jersey, my number 21. <laughs> so everybody's giving me, like I'm walking around like I'm the man now, you know yeah. what I mean? But my confidence is sky high. And I 32 points in this game. So I played so well against Philadelphia, the owner and the coach, Jimmy Lynham was the head coach. Harold Katz was the owner. Mm. They came down after the game. I was in the locker room taking a shower. Knocked on the door. Uh. Copeland in there. One of the guys opened the door. And I was in the shower, and, I, and I, I said, I'll be out. I came out. Jimmy Lynham said, I like the way you play. We had a kid named David Wingate who played at Georgetown. We just cut him. We need a guy about your size, about 6'6", who can shoot the ball and defend. Mm. I said, well, I'm, I'm with the Lakers. He goes, yep, well, we want to offer you a partial contract to come to veterans camp. Mm. So I didn't know what to do. Thinking, okay, okay, mm. well, I, can I get back to you? Yep. Well, here's my card. Mm. Give me a card tomorrow. So I went straight to the Lakers coach. I said, look, these guys want to offer me a partial contract. He sent me to Mitch Kupchak, who was the general manager back then for the Lakers. Mm. Mitch goes, nah, they can't have you. We're going <laughs> to offer you a contract yeah. to come back. Now, back then, the minimum was 110000 Yeah. Like for a rookie, 110000 Mitch goes, we'll give you 55. We'll give you half of that. To come to rookie camp, to, to come to vet camp, um, to come to vet camp. Mm. So I can't negotiate. I don't know how to yeah. negotiate. I'm, again, yeah. I have no idea about the business. Yeah, I'm just a basketball player, right? That's still a lot of money to you as well. That's, you know a, right? that's yeah. massive money. Yeah. You coming out of college, you have no money in college. Yeah, they don't give you any money, man. In college, yeah. and that's in the, that's early. Back that's then. 89, 90. That's, that's a, a lot of money. That's a lot of money. All right, so I called my college coach. I said, Coach, I said, Coach Reinhardt. I said. Um, the, the, you know, Philadelphia want to offer me a contract. He goes, what are you talking about, Copeland? I could hear him chewing on the cigar. <laughs> and then I said, I said, and then the Lakers want to offer me a contract. He goes, you've only been there for two days. What are you talking about? He goes, I'll call you back. And he called the scout for the Lakers. And he called the scout for Philadelphia. And he rang me back in my hotel room. He goes, we got to get you an agent straight away mm. because um, you played yourself into a contract somewhere. I said, wow. Now, remember, I packed for 30 days. <laughs> so the, 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 the summer league lasts for 30 days. I'd been there two days. So that morning, the agent came to, uh, he came to my hotel room. His name was Titus DeCourcy. I remember him. Little short guy. He goes, I'm your agent. I'm going to be your agent. I'll help you out with this contract. So he goes in and negotiates with Philly and L.A. L.A. goes, we'll offer him 75 grand. Philly goes, we'll give him the whole guaranteed contract. Nice. Come to veterans camp. So they signed me that day for 110000 Yeah. And, he, and the owner came to my, my hotel that day, and he goes, he reached in his pocket, and he gave me $700. He goes, go buy you a steak dinner, and we'll see you at vet camp in a month. 
700 in 1990. Yeah. Just to buy me, just go buy your steak dinner. What kind of steak dinner is 700 bucks? Yeah. What type of bait is it? But I mean, you dealing with NBA money, yo. Was that the best steak you've ever had? Hey, man. But let me tell you the funniest story. Let me tell you the funniest story. Yeah, yeah. The funniest story is, I was there for two days. So my bag wasn't, I had taken nothing out of my bag. I just closed my bag up. But when I got on the plane, when I landed in Atlanta, because I got that late flight in L.A., yeah. you land in Atlanta, it's the next morning. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. Guess who's on the? Guess who is in the newspaper? The same newspaper plant I worked for. A picture of me on the front. Nah, no. huh? That's amazing. So when I when I see the my brother goes, dude, you're in the paper. I said what? Yeah. So I open the sport. Like you <laughs> open the. And they got a picture of me on the front page. Mr. Fan. With a LA with a 76er um, top on. They did a big story on and me. I this guy goes from zero to 100. Blah, 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 blah. And I get back and people are going nuts. And everybody thinks I'm, I'm a millionaire now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want a car. I want a yeah, house. Yeah, yeah. Like, get y'all ass out of here. <laughs> was, so. was your six other friends working there? Because you said they were seven. Yeah, people. they're still there. They're still there. Like, so they probably there for a long it. time. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. They're still there. But I remember there was a girl that I liked. I was just hoping she saw that photo, you know. <laughs> she would just would not give me the time of day. Yeah, yeah. But that all worked out, man. And I, you know, I ended up playing uh, one year with Philadelphia and one year with the Clippers. So, yeah. So, what'd you do with your suitcase that you packed for thirty days? Man, I slung that thing in the corner, man. <laughs> <laughs> Even moving. veterans camp. Veterans camp was good. The Vet- veterans camp was good because I, when I went to veterans camp, me and Kenny Payne, the guy I was telling you about, uh, we were, and there was one more guy. They drafted a guy named Tony Mack out of the University of Georgia. And Tony Mack was a beast. He was 6'6", he had a big chest, and he had long arms, and he could get to the basket any kind. He was, he was Barkley, but he was a little bit more finesse. Yeah. And he wasn't as wide, but he was very good. Could shoot yeah. it, but he was lazy. Like, uh, but they drafted, him, they drafted him in the first round. Like, I was just a pickup. And they drafted Ken, uh, Kenny Payne in the first round. So yeah, when you yeah. draft the guy in the first round, you, you don't cut them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys you have to invest in them. You gotta invest in them. Yeah. And they'd already signed me. And and Tony Mack hurt himself because we stayed at a hotel uh early during vets camp and they'd always send a car to pick us up. And Tony Mack would always be late. Like I'd be down in the car waiting, Tony Mack would always be late, you know. And then Tony Mack, um, I'm not gonna train it there, man. My, my legs sore, my head sore or something. Yeah. He always had excuses. Mm-hmm. So right at the end of camp they cut him. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. yeah, they let him go. He could have been T-Mac. Yeah, and they, let us, they, they brought me and Kenny in, and me and Kenny played, you know, we played. Uh, and when you were in the team, because that year your 76ers team came second in the East. Yes. And there's a big East, like Birds, Celtics, Detroit Pistons, Bulls, you know, and obviously. That's the same year Jordan won his first championship. They knocked us out. Yeah. In the Atlanta, we, won, we won the Atlantic Division, and they won the, the East, okay. and they knocked us out. Yeah, it was a big East. Oh, like, yeah. were you guys talking about winning the championship? Like, of course, we, of course, because we were, yeah. we were good because we added Rick Mahorn. Now we had um, Scotty Brooks, who's a coach, who was a, who's a coach of the Washington yeah. Wizards. Yeah. OKC now. Yeah. He was at oh, he was at OKC. He's yeah. not there anymore. But he was coming off the bench, and we had Hershey Hawkins, who I thought was one of the best shooters I've ever met in my life. Uh, we had Rick Mahorn, and we had Charles Barkley, and we had. Ron Anderson. So we had some talent on that team. Yeah. To compete. You to thought compete. Yeah, you had a chance. You had a chance. Uh, and so uh, the funny story, though, when I first got to Philadelphia, Mo Cheeks. You guys heard of Mo Cheeks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You heard yeah, of Mo yeah, Cheeks yeah. that played with Philadelphia? Yep. He was a big-time superstar back in the day. Mm-hmm. He, play, he played with Dr. J and yeah. Moses yeah. Malone and all those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the face 
of the Philadelphia 76ers. He, from Philly, he'd been there for 15, 14 mm -hmm. years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they traded him because we had workouts every morning. Like the rookie guys would get up and go mm -hmm. work out every morning, and he would be there with us. He was working out, and I became good friends with him. Yeah. Like he was helping me out, getting over screens, yeah. you know, reversing the ball, you know, that kind of stuff. So me, Scotty, uh, Kenny Payne, Tony Mack, and then Mo Cheeks. And one day they traded Mo without telling – usually they bring you in and say, we're going to trade you. One of those situations. They traded him because they had it on the news. They see him – you see this Mercedes driving up in his, in his cup, and there was a bunch of cameras there. And he rolled the window down. He goes, what's happening? And they go, how does it feel to be traded? And man, he Whoa. took off, and he and then they caught up with him. And he was crying, and he lost it because he just felt a part of the Philadelphia. That was, happens a lot in the NBA. It happens it's now. So it's a business now, yeah. and that's why when you see guys saying, "I want the money," yeah, yeah they're not selfish because they're gonna get rid of you yeah. when you can't do what they want you to do. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you better get every penny you can. Yeah. Because there's a lot of money to go around. Okay. Yeah. When they, somebody's making forty million dollars a year, that owner's making four hundred million dollars a year. Yeah, you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So don't think 100%. that the owners. Paying all of his money. But it was uncommon back then, wasn't it, though? Yeah. So for him to get traded after oh, being there very Because they would have brought him in. Because he was, he was a part of the, the team, though. Yeah. yeah. You know, if he's just a, another guy, then you, you trade him or whatever. But yeah. because he was a part of the furniture, yeah. you, don't, you don't do a guy like and that. And the face you know of the team yeah, as well. Yeah, so. yeah. So that was the first time you versed NBA players, the veteran camp. That was the first time. Because obviously you just got into basketball and you were playing and you, like, your competition wasn't the highest. Like, there was still college... What about like the NBA difference, like Charles Barkley and that team versus you? The difference like was speed, strength. Everybody could shoot. Like five man could shoot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in college, your five man would rebound and block shots. Mm -hmm. In the NBA, everybody worked on their game because they had time to work on their game. Like you play. That's all they did. That's all they did. That that's that was their career. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. everybody was good. Every there was not a bum on our team anywhere. Uh, in the NBA. And I hear training, like, there's plays that just, they just don't miss in training. Right. They shoot all day. Hershey Hawkins was the best shooter I've ever been around. One of the best shooters I've ever been around. He was automatic, and I had to guard him. Now, he oh. killed me every day in practice, but it made me a better player, though. Yeah. Yeah. I learned how to come off screens and get open. Yeah. Like, I, I'm right behind him. I got this guy, and he's over there now. Yeah. Shooting a jump shot. I'm like, and he taught me he? how to become a better and player. There wasn't a big wow. three-point game back then, was there? No, 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 okay. no, no. Because I want to ask you, because because like obviously there's something called imposter syndrome that exists, yeah. And you can imagine you've gone through all of these things where you feel like luck has pushed you across the line most right. of the time. Like, what sort of like what was the the mentality going in? Were you still feeling the the pressure? Because now you made the NBA, you're around the big boys and stuff. Did it help or hinder you? No, let me tell you, it, it hindered being around the big boys hindered me. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, keep going. Sorry. It hindered me <laughs> because I didn't know how to be a professional. Mm -hmm. You understand? Because it was new. Everything was brand new. Like a a uh, our first trip, a road trip, they give you an itinerary, right? So I just thought it was another piece of paper, so I put it down. <laughs> we fly from Philadelphia to Utah. Mm. There's six feet of snow. I don't have a coat. <laughs> I don't have a. I don't have a coat. I yeah. have no coat. So Charles Barkley, we jump in a taxi. Charles Barkley takes me to the mall, and there was this cowboy store. Now he bought me a long trench leather coat, eight hundred bucks. I remember him giving me eight hundred bucks to buy this coat. Damn. Swear to God, and I kept that coat too, and I still got it in Atlanta. It's all molded, but I kept it because Memories. it was a part of my story. Yeah. You understand what I mean? You shouldn't yeah. have bought the steak dinner. <laughs> <I should have laughs> <bought it. laughs> He's right. Yeah. But 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 you know, 
it, it hurt me more because, again, as a rookie, the veterans look after you. Every team, veteran guys look after rookies. Like, they make you go, go get me breakfast, Rook. They give you $100, and you keep the change. It's, it's, just, it's just a part of the NBA. Or I need, I need 12 uh, bottles of wine. Go get them. Here's 200 bucks, and the bottles of wine might cost 100 bucks, and the change is yours. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So that's how it is. They use you, but they show you the ropes, yeah, okay? Yeah. And then when you become a veteran, you have to do it to the Take other. Take care of the young guys, It keeps man. going, right? It yeah. keeps going. Yeah. But then the problem was I'm hanging with Rick Mahorn and Charles Barkley, who are megastars in the NBA. Yeah, massive. Right? So I didn't, and, and they already established. They're already making big money. And I'm, making, I'm, I'm on peanut money. So, but I didn't realize I should be in the gym working out more. Yeah. You know what I mean? I should be working on my jump shot more rather than these guys coming by, pick, hey, we're going to pick you up in, at 6 o'clock, be ready. So I jump in the back. I'm just so happy to be yeah. with two superstars. It yeah. went so quick. You didn't like. It went so quick, back. man. You didn't so, yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'm thinking, dude, I, a, a young kid would not have the nerve to tell the two veteran superstars, nah, man, I can't do it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, it catches up with you because the next year they bring in two more rookies. And the next year they bring in two more rookies. Yeah. And these rookies might be better than you. Yeah, that's just how it works. That's yeah. how it works. And if, if I was the 12th man on the bench, the, t- the 11th and 12th man on the end of the bench, mm. they get moved aside because they bring in these other guys that they have to yeah. pay. Yeah. And every year the money goes up. Right. So now I'm paying this rookie 250 grand, and you're only at 120. You got to go, buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how that's how yeah. the NBA works. Wow. You know what I mean? So, And you, you felt like you didn't, you could have went a lot. I think I, I, I thought I should, and I learned that. I, it took some time. But and I think, you learned that. Yeah. But I would have learned a lot, uh, a lot quicker had I played elementary and high school ball. Yeah. You know, I just didn't have a clue. Yeah. I didn't have a clue, man. What I was, I could have been a football player. I, you know, I just yeah. didn't have a clue. Yeah. And it happened for me. It happened for me. So he's just so quick. It's like a flash. Yeah, yeah. man. It, it, went, it went so quick. People go, "Why didn't you stay in the NBA?" For I said, "Dude, I, <laughs> it wasn't as easy as it looks." When did I play in the NBA? It went yeah. so fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then the Clippers. Um, thing I came back to Atlanta after the, the, the Sixers didn't cut me. They renounced my contract, which meant they could use my contract. They used Scotty Brooks's contract and one more guy, and they brought in Manute Bowl. I don't know if you guys remember yeah. Manute oh, Bowl. Because yeah. they had to pay him a lot of money. Yeah. So they, they used our contract to bring him in. So that means I was a free agent. Hmm. So, again, my agent found me a tryout. I went back home to Atlanta. I tried out with the Atlanta Hawks. Doc Rivers, they had um, Dominique Wilkins, Kevin Willis, yeah. John Battle, all these superstars yeah. on the team yeah. that I had been training with in the summertime when I played college ball. But now I'm trying to take their job. Yeah. And they're not having it. You know what I mean? No, bro, you're not going to come in here and take our job. We like you, yeah. But, yeah. but keep it moving. You know yeah. what I mean? So the coach ended up saying, nah, we, we probably can't use you. Okay, but I got one more tryout. And that tryout was in L.A. The Clippers. Mm-hmm. And it's just something about L.A. that, that made me feel good. Yeah. And I got to L.A. and Ron Harper was just coming back from his knee injury. Okay. Now, Ron Harper was the first Michael Jordan. Everyone don't, you, you guys don't realize that. No. Ron Harper was the best player. Michael Jordan's a GOAT. The best player I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Ever. And now you young guys won't say that. You say LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Okay, no problem. We're going to get no, into no, that. No, 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 no,
better than Michael Jordan in the early days. That's a statement. In the 80s. I want you to repeat in that. In the 80s. In the 80s. Okay. He had the big hands. Yeah. He had the crossovers. And he would dunk on anybody. Yeah. And he had the sweet jump shot. Yeah, so it's athletic. Yes. Everything. All yeah, around. he had that complete. Yeah. It yeah. took Michael some time to get that complete package. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael was on the Chicago team and there was nobody around him. Yeah. Yeah. So Michael learned, yeah. you know, I got to be the man. Yeah. And yeah. over time, he became a, mm. the best ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because 100%. there was not a lot of people around him. Directly. Ron came into the NBA and was already at that level. Mm. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So Ron, when I went to LA, Ron was just coming back from knee yeah. surgery. Mm. So, uh, they they brought me in for a tryout, and again I'm in LA, and my jumper's going well. And they remembered me from you know the summer league LA. Yeah. My jumper's going well, you know, and but Ron was a step slower, and I was going past him. Yeah. <laughs> and Ken Norman, who was another player on that team, he said to me, he said, "Listen, if you pass one time, you might make this team." Which meant every time I touched the ball, I shot it. I wasn't passing nothing. I was gonna make sure. Because I worked on my shooting yeah. from so much, yeah. Hershey Hawkins, and I felt comfortable shooting now. Mm. Now I had confidence in my jump shot, mm. and it was going. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was going. Yeah. And this is the first time I felt not, not arrogant, but I felt like I was good. Yeah. Mm. And but I, but then I had Ron Harper on me, but he wasn't quick enough because of his knee. He's not you know the same old person. He wasn't the same person. Yeah. So Ron liked me, Ken liked me. They signed me to a contract, but it was a partial contract because. Bo Kimball was out with an injury. Mm. And when Bo came back, Bo was on $2 million. I was on $200,000. Yeah. So they had to let me go. When they let me go, and, and I'll tell you, this is a funny story too, when they let me go. We were playing in a game, and I was getting some time. I was actually playing. You getting minutes. Yeah, I was getting minutes. That's good, yeah. In the last game of my NBA career, it's 12, 14 seconds on the game, on the clock. And I think Ken Norman grabs the ball and kicks it up to me. And you guys need to Google Grandmama Larry Johnson. No. Uh, you probably won't remember. You know who Grandma? Yeah. Okay, Charlotte Hornets, right? Yeah. Grandmama was a rookie. Yeah. My last year, and he was the best. He had his own commercial with the wig. Mm. You know the grand, the purse. Yeah. <laughs> number one draft, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. number one. Yeah. Right. Grandma. And Grandmama was standing in the lane waiting on me, as if to say, "You can't jump." Mm. I gave him everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Boom. Posterized? Posterized. I can't find Somebody just sent me a message a few minutes ago saying we can't find the tape because I've been looking for it for years and years and years. Now, they just hooked me up with the Clippers uh, front office or something, so I'm going to try to get them to send it to me. Yeah. This is the biggest dump the of toys. my career. Okay. Don't we have that website you can watch any game? Nah, but you from the, no, no, like no, from no, 1980s, like 90s. Archives. Talking, I probably yeah. archives. Yeah, we'll, we'll try. We'll try. Young James, well. see if you can try to find. I've asked 25 young, young people. Young can, can find, find it for us. Okay. Yeah. If, All right. If we can, if we can dig it up, yeah. how please. Much are you willing uh, to pay? <laughs> <laughs> I pay anything. <laughs> that know. was my best <laughs> dunk. That was the best dunk of my career, and I've dunked on a lot of people. Yeah, this one was the best because NBA game. That's let me tell you something. Yeah, because after every NBA game, they give you a a gift. Like a, a big gift, a five hundred dollar voucher to go eat somewhere, or or a leather jacket, or leather boots, or a gold chain. Damn. They gave, and I only played twenty minutes that game. I got the the prize. That that's the only time I got the prize. And it was a yeah. gold chain. I kept that gold chain for twenty five years, and I ended up selling it like here in Australia. You regret selling it? Yeah, because I thought yeah. this part of this part of sentimental value. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But they gave me that gold chain for dunking on Larry Johnson, and Larry Johnson uh -huh. wanted to. We were walking through the tunnel, to fight, yeah. and Ken Norman was like, 
My boy just dunked on your ass. <laughs> and he wanted to fight. Yeah, and so yeah. everybody was pushing and shoving or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they were all, but I came down and I and I sort of tweaked my knee on the dunk though. Yeah. Right? So the next morning I come, we had we had shoot around the next morning because we had another game. Yeah. I walk into the shoot around and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, they cheer me. And I said, Coach, I can't go today. You know, I talked to the trainer. Oh, wow. He goes, Yep, all right, sit on the side. So right after training. The, Lake, the Clippers were the only team back in the day who would have eight or ten guys on injured reserve, which means you can have a bunch of guys, you're still paying them, but they're, when they come off, but they, they wanted to stop that. Like you meant to have two or three. Yeah. But the Clippers had seven, eight guys, right? Yeah. So the, the coach said to me, this is the exact words, you'll be safe, we're going to put you on injured reserve. That's what, that's what the coach said to me. So I, get on the, I go back to the office and get on the phone and call my agent. I said, look. I think I'm going to be okay. They're going to put me on injury reserve. He said, great. When I hang up the phone, click, I open the door. The other coach goes, they won't let us do it. You got to cut you. So I went from this to that. And you were hyped after that. I was hyped. But it is what it is, man. And then my agent said, look, you probably need to go. Was it a damaged anything or just nah, sore? Okay, that's good. That's sore. very good. That's very and he good. said, you probably need to just go play somewhere, man. You don't want to go sit on an NBA yeah. t- uh, bench and, and, and not play. Yeah. You know what I mean? You want to go somewhere and play. He goes, I got a job for you in Greece, one in Spain, one in Australia. And I'm thinking. Australia? I'm thinking myself. And Australia, they were looking for they were looking for a bigger guy. They were looking for a four-man, like a, a bigger guy. Oh, they had Dave Colbert here playing with. Dave Simmons. Mm. Dave Simmons is, is Ben Simmons', ben Simmons dad, yeah. is dad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So they have the t- they call him the two D's. Yeah. But they cut Dave Colbert. And Dave Colbert played the sort of the four three. He was a big dude who could shoot the ball. Mm. So they're looking for a replacement. So I decided to come to Australia. So I'm gonna come to Australia, man. You know. What well, three? No. What made you come to Australia? Because they spoke English. Yeah. Because it was an English speaking city. Yeah, yeah. And Dwayne McLean, who played for for um for Sydney Kings, yep. I knew him. Like Dwayne won a championship at Georgetown. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, from America. Uh, okay. And so I, I said, um, he sort of said, I mean, I'm sorry, Villanova. He sort of said to me, he said, "Listen, it's a, it's a, it's a good country, man. It's all right." You know, Was no there high hopes for the NBL? Because, like, obviously, like nowadays, the NBL is like the thing. Yeah, you know I mean, it's getting much more. Early '90s was the best time, though. Because okay, we, so yeah, better than now. One hundred percent. We were on Channel Ten every day. Uh, like we, yeah, we, my we, dad says that was always on the it news. Was always on. I had two or three commercials. Like I, I'd, I'd come home and see myself on. I'm thinking, wow, they're really pumping <laughs> us up. Yeah, yeah, yeah But, yeah. but we were. It was a part of chan- like they treated us like the AFL. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? We, yeah. It was and, proper. Yeah. And my first year was the first time we moved to Rod Laver Arena. So that was fifteen thousand. That's big. Now, when you got four teams in Victoria, we played the Magic, sellout. We played the Giants, sellout. Mm. We played Geelong, not much sellout, but it was still very packed. Mm. Yeah, yeah. To have that many sellouts throughout the year was a big thing. Was a massive thing, yeah, and yeah. they hated us, and we hated them. So it was a, yeah. bit of so it was a massive, and, yeah. th- and that's how football goes. If you hate, you need rivalry. If you need rivalry, yeah. right? So, you know, I, when I got to Australia, man, it was, it was one of those things. What they, year was th- this? Th- this was 1990, 91. 91. Okay. My first year was ninety two, though. Okay. Yeah. So I got late ninety one, ninety two. But they thought I was gonna be bigger, mm. right? And when the coach saw me, he goes, hmm, "You're not as big as we thought." <laughs> yeah, you were. yeah, yeah. And they, I was going to get cut the first day. They were going to cut me the first day. From what I hear. Melbourne Tigers? Yeah, from what I'm hearing. Because yeah. I was terrible. We, we, had, we had training. And Dean Vickerman, who's the head coach of United now, yeah. he was on the rookie team. 
Like, we had a, two teams and a rookie team. He scored 32 points on me. Let me tell you why, though. Back then, there was no direct flights to Australia. So I flew from Atlanta to Dallas. Dallas to L.A. L.A. To Sydney. To Hawaii. Oh. Hawaii to New Zealand. New Zealand to Brisbane. Brisbane to Sydney. Sydney to Melbourne. Uh, oh, my goodness. Listen, took me about 40 hours. Okay. There was no direct flights, bro, in the early 90s. None. Australia so, was literally down under. No, but it was like this extra, <laughs> like the Dallas and the Brisbane and Sydney. It just, it was Bro, unlucky. I'm learning Spanish. Too, yeah. I'm learning Spanish. I'm being honest. I'm not Listen to me. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Listen to me. So when I got here, I was jet lagged, drunk. I was, I, I, I didn't have a clue where I was. I seen the sun, the moon. <laughs> the star, I seen everything. I, I had no idea. So I meet with the general manager. It's like 12 o'clock and I get in. They pick me up. It's like 12 o'clock. But I left. Atlanta three days ago, you know, it was like that. And I'm, I'm my head's just, I can't even hold my head up. I'm just That's dragged, right. yeah. you know, I'm dragged. Jet lagged too. Jet lagged. You know, I wasn't like I was in first class. I was in a regular Probably seat, me. right? Yeah. And he goes, well, sign the contract. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see you later. Like, so I had a quick bite. I went upstairs and I hit the pillow and I was knocked out. I'm talking about out. And now here. Boom, 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 boom. And I've been asleep for maybe three hours or two and a half hours or something, right? Mm. Boom, it's Warwick Giddy. Boom, 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 boom. Man, I'm here to pick you up. We got, we got training. We got training. I said, what? Mm. Open the door. My eyes are bloodshot. You know, I can't walk. I said, I'm got training. So I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm a professional. Mm. Grab my bag. Grab my shoes. I can't see, man. I'm telling you. So the, my first day of training, I had no legs. I could And Lindsey ran an offense that was... It would blow your mind if you if you were sane. Mm, yeah, I couldn't understand the offense. They thought I was a dummy. I thought, you know what I mean. So <laughs> I just played really bad. But they knew I could. Like a couple of times, I dunked the ball or whatever, and they were like, yeah, "Oh, he's very athletic. He's yeah. very athletic. Yeah, he yeah. can shoot it." But Andrew was in Andrew was playing in in Europe at the time. Yeah, mm. and our first game was at Broad Labor Arena. So my first game here in Australia, I had forty two points against against Canberra. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The first game. I, it was was it high scoring back then? Like, was it 80 points, 90 points? Or what, like no, because we played 48 minutes. It was 100 points. Okay, but I, it was either 42 or 37. And one of the two. Right? It's been so long. That's a high scoring. Yeah, so, but I led, I led everyone in scoring, right? Yeah. And I remember, I remember Andrew calling his dad saying, how did the new guy go? And Lindsey goes, uh, he'll, he's not as big as we thought, but I think he'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So How did Andrew hear about you? Like you were. Andrew didn't hear about me until he got back. Okay. And when he got back, the next training, like he got back right before the second game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, every, and our famous play is the alley-oop, okay? Everyone yeah. wants to know how that happened. It just happened. He, <laughs> uh, he's coming down, and I'm running the lane, and he threw it up, and I went and got it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he like, That's next, time connection. Then watch, mm-hmm. next time, watch me. You watch me, I'm going to watch you. And I like to jump. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And every time he threw it up, I caught it. And at Apple Park back then, the old Apple Park, the rims were nine and a half feet. Yeah. So you could jump and your whole body's over the rim. Over you know the what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. It's a bit shorter. Yeah, so, um, and that's how it all happened, man. Yeah. How, how, what was your mind going through in your first year for the NBA? Because I'm thinking, there's one year you're playing with Charles Barkley, you're versing like Detroit Pistons, yeah. MJ, and all of a sudden now you're in Melbourne. You've got no idea how these competitions Well, I, 
just being honest with you, because yeah. you'd gone from the top, you felt like you, I felt like I dropped down a level. So I felt like no one could touch me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you come in as an import, you're supposed to score the ball and be the man. But luckily, we had Andrew as well. Like no other team had a a great Australian player. Like everyone would bring in two imports, and those imports would score the points. Mm-hmm. And we had me and Dave Simmons, and Dave Simmons was sort of slowing down a little bit. Like Dave, when he first got out of here, was scoring thirty points a game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now he's averaging six, seven points a game. He's rebounding. You know what I mean? He's big. We want him for the size. Mm-hmm. But then I had to score, and I averaged like my first year, I averaged twenty nine points a game, and Andrew averaged wow. thirty one. So we were getting sixty. Yeah. But most imports were doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we needed Dave to pick his game up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So we'd have that extra. That's you know straight I mean? and, he didn't, well. and he didn't do it. That's why they ended up cutting Dave, you know what I mean? So, but it was it was one of those, it was one of those. Um, was that, because I know like NBL, and NBA is like welcome to the league moments. Was there for NBA or even NBL, was it like a welcome to the league moment? Or not really? Well, because of like, the, I know the competition NBA, you said it was much higher. Yeah. So it might have been like, more ferocious, more like. In the NBA, court, yeah. you, you knew. Here's the thing: in Australia, you play once a week, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you might squeeze uh, the second game in. In the NBA, every night you play, you're gonna play against some superstars. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta play Isaiah. You gotta then tomorrow we gotta get on a plane. Tonight we get on a plane. We fly to Chicago. We gotta play Michael, and then you get on a plane, and the next day you gotta come back and play Dominique. Yeah, and then you gotta fly to Boston, and you gotta play Larry. <laughs> So you're not gonna. There's no. There's no messing around. Every night you're gonna get your butt kicked if you don't. If you're not on your game. And you're yeah. in a crazy era. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there were superstars on every 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 team, man. So you 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 didn't you know, you didn't have a night off. Yeah. There was no night off. So yeah. from between the first year you got drafted, not drafted, but obviously chosen by Philadelphia, yep. all the way until like your first game in the NBL. What was that? The span of what three years? Yeah. That's that must be like taxing. Let's be honest. That would have been. Yeah, maybe it was, but but again, I, I keep telling you, I didn't know that. I didn't know the ins and outs of basketball because I I didn't I didn't know how it worked. The system. Yeah. I didn't know this. I didn't know this. It was still new to me. Mm. Mm. I, I, there was nobody saying you're doing it the wrong way or you're doing it a different way. Yeah. You know, there was nobody. I, I didn't have a guide. I didn't have yeah. I didn't have a guide to say that's the wrong way to do it. I just thought maybe. It, it is what's it's happening. It happens to everybody. I didn't yeah. know. Yeah. You're learning as you go. Basically. I'm learning as I go. Yeah. yeah. So it was good. Though. It was good. Then for the NBL, because when you got there, like you played for um, Melbourne Tigers, and you won two titles. Mm. So over the years, like how did you guys develop into like a championship team? And how is it even winning a championship? Because obviously we are oh, not so how because <laughs> he's got a story about six grand finals, never won one. Wow. <laughs> doesn't have a killer mindset. Yeah? No, no, joke, joke. How killer do you have to be carrying 17 other guys? That's what I want to know. No, 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 bro. No. If you didn't win a championship, you, 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 you. <laughs> Better he said it. No, so how is it like that championship mindset, even with gays and trying to like win, even like we want to talk about pressure because we know like you guys had the best comeback in NBA finals. So how was it even just winning your first title like that build up throughout the season, keeping that consistency every week? Well, we my first year here, that, a reason why I ended up staying was I got here in 92. Mm. The Tigers had never been to uh, the playoffs. Oh. Okay. And they didn't, and so me and Gaze had sort of created a pretty good backcourt. We were the biggest guards. Like Andrew's 6'8". Yeah, okay. And, yeah. and me, and most guards were six tiny. 6'3", yeah. 6'2". So we, we, so we made the championship that first year. And we lost. Oh, you made the third, finals. We made the finals and lost in 92. Third game on the buzzer or something like that. Oh, yeah. Damn. So then 
Um, I felt like we needed, you know, we, we I can't leave. I can't like leave that. it yeah, you can, You're so close to winning. Yeah. Then we picked up Mark Brecky. Like Mark Brecky came in 93. So now we got a beast because Mark Brecky led the league in rebounding mm. and he could shoot it and he was massive. Mark, mm. Mark Brecky's seven foot. He added to your big, front court, right? basically. Yeah. So we knew if we got him on board with Dave, who was power, and Giddy, who did all the dirty work, and we had another guy, Robert Sibley, yeah. uh, from Brisbane, who could shoot it as well. Yeah. We put that package together in 93, and we ended up winning in. But, but, but then. So you won in your second year? We won my second year. Oh. But we won in Perth. Tigers had never won a game in Perth since their existence. So, it was a so big for team. 10 years, the Tigers had never won a game. Mm. Yeah. So that all the talk in our camp was, man, we haven't won in Perth ever. I shut it down straight away. Yeah. You can't talk like that. Let yeah. me tell you something. Tomorrow's a new day, bro. We're gonna we're gonna win in Perth. And Ricky Grace was my enemy back then. Now me and Ricky are good friends now. Yeah. I hated Ricky and he hated me. Mm. Hate. When I say yeah. hate, I mean hate. Who do you play for? He played for for Perth, but he played for Oklahoma. Okay. Now, Ricky was a superstar in college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said he had Stacey King, Horace Grant. Mm. He had some NBA guys with him in college. Mm. And in college, we played against him. Mm. And they beat oh. the crap out of us. Yeah. And he was giving it to me. Yeah. And I said, one day I'm going to see this guy again. Mm-hmm. And I saw him in Perth. Right, right in his nose. Yeah. And Drew had grabbed me. What are you doing? What are you doing? I said, dude, I, I owe him that. They're going to kick you out. They're going to kick you out of the game. They're going to kick you out of the game. I said, no, nah, he'll be all right. He needed that. Referees didn't see it, but I, I punched him right in his nose. And generally, when you get hit in the nose, you got tears coming out of your eyes. Yeah, yeah. He, he ran away and did like this, came back, and we just never spoke. Most imports in the league, when you went to their city, they take you out afterwards. You'd have dinner. Yeah. yeah. Ricky never said a word to me. I never said a word to That's him. Right. We never shook. You don't see us shaking hands, nothing. Wait, yeah, so yeah. You just walked straight up to him, clocked him. Right, right in, in front game? of the scores, bitch. Correct, right, right, right in the game. Correct him right in his nose. So did. This is my time. Enjoy grabbing. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? I said, yeah. man, I, I don't like him. Yeah. He goes, they're going to kick you out of the game. So well, you didn't get ejected for that? <laughs> no, nah, because the referees didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. But, but you yeah. burst him in the finals. What, but we burst him in the finals in 93. And remember I told you I was going to tell you a story about MVP? Yeah, championship, yeah. Right. I won it in 97. I should have won it in 93. Okay. But because we were so excited about winning in Perth and winning a championship, yeah. our coaches didn't vote. So they gave it to Ricky. I had oh. 35 points. The in other the team, yeah. a losing team, they get yeah. MVP. I had 35 points in the third. I had 35 points in the championship game. Yeah. I had a great series. It was mine. And Al Westover told me. He goes, man, you know, you should have won that. We just, we forgot to vote. Sorry, Leonard, that's karma, bro. Yeah, we <laughs> we're cracking him in the nose, yeah, 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 yeah. But and Ricky, Ricky just did a podcast not long ago saying, yep, it was Leonard's, but too bad he didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, but now me and Ricky are best yeah. friends, man. When I go to Perth, I stay at his house. He comes down, we, we kick it, you know. We, we, it's nice, man. And this is like, honest about it. Yeah. yeah. The so punch was worth it, though. Yeah. So then should finals MVP. How about ninety seven? Because you won it in ninety seven. Ninety seven was we had we picked up Marcus Timmons. Marcus Timmons was a player who could do anything. Like Marcus was six seven, long arms, big hands, could shoot it, could rebound, mm-hmm. will dunk on you, could defend. He had the whole package. Mm-hmm. But Marcus didn't have the mentality. He he was like, uh, come work out, Marcus. Let's get up. Let's get up five hundred shots. Uh, Just very casual. Casual, yeah. but he was talented. 
Yeah. Okay, and he knew it. He didn't have to do it. That's a shock. He didn't have yeah. to do it because his talent was already there. Mm. But had he done it, he would have been in the NBA. Wow. Yeah. That could. Yeah, by far. That's what by they far. always say, man. They, they always yeah. say that when it comes to like talent and working hard, talent. Yeah. Sorry, hard yeah. work beats talent when talent yeah. fails yeah. to yeah. work But also, yeah. these guys, they're very. Like he might be playing, he's making, he's getting twenty points, ten rebounds. He's playing well already. Yeah. He doesn't want to push the extra to get right. like to the next yeah. level. Right. He's comfortable. Yeah, he's comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly he where he was. On so. Fifty points. Oh, yeah, that's know. right. And he, he he was close to winning in '97 as well because he had a good series as well. But I just shot the ball really well. I think I ended up having thirty and twenty-five. Talk and us through that comeback, and then like even pressure because you know we, we had a couple of comebacks. Which one? Which one are you talking the about? '97 because I know he hit some game winners like you like you in the clutch moments. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's that's the one where. Magic were up 20, 18 or twenty points oh, or something. I think that one's on YouTube. Whoa. Yeah, that's yeah, on I've YouTube. seen that one. Yeah, and um, and they, they were up eighteen points, and and like a, a year before that, we played in Brisbane, mm. and we were down by a lot of points. And when you're down by a lot of points, me and Drew are just jacking. Yeah, but we're good nothing enough to lose. Yeah, we get, you're nothing to lose, but you're good enough. If you get hot, yeah, yeah, you just just those up. three pointers add up, bro. Yeah. Drew make two. I made three, then Drew makes another two. All of a sudden, we got a game. Yeah. And like we were down 25 in Brisbane, and we brought it all the way back. It went in overtime, and we won it. And people went nuts. Ooh. So we knew being down by that many, we were playing bad the whole game. And Magic, our fan, it was, it was, it was our fans. Yeah. And we were just, they were just spanking us, man. We were playing bad. And we're like, what is going on here? Yeah. And Drew hit a couple. And I hit a couple, and then Marcus Timmons hit a couple, and then I hit another couple. And, and then all of a sudden, the score starts to shrink, and Tony Ronaldson has two free throws. Uh, 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 back then, it was one and one. Hmm. Okay, so, you, so if you miss that first one, whoever gets rebound, oh, go with okay. it, okay? Yeah. And they were down. They, the, the score, it was I – I remember hitting a three, falling out of bounds, and it went in. And I got the ball again, and I shot it, and it hit the – Side of the backboard. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell was that? So, <laughs> so then they went down, missed a shot, and somebody fouled Tony Ronaldson. They were up two points, and it was seven seconds to go. And Tony Ronaldson was three for – he had made three for three free throws. So, But he was you could tell he was nervous because oh, – You can tell. You can straight look. away. Okay. You can see him. He was nervous. He was, he was swallowing. Yeah. Like that, I go, yeah, this guy's nervous. <laughs> Drew, so, so he missed the first one, and Drew grabbed the rebound, and he kicked it to me. And Rob Rose, who was a superstar back then, was in front of me. So everybody's thinking, we're down two. I'm going to go to the basket and try to tie it and take it overtime. Nah, bro. I crossed him through my legs Damn. and pulled up, and it did nothing but net. Boop. And the, the people went berserk, dude. Because we're down by so many, yeah. Yeah. and the fa fans were running around, cheerleaders were jumping on our backs, man. It was <laughs> crazy. How's that feel like? What's the feeling? It like? was amazing because Lindsay, you never see any reaction out of Lindsay. Yeah, Lindsay's shirt was torn all open, and he was <laughs> rubbing his hair, man. He was nuts to see Lindsay like that. And they put somebody picked me up and put him on, put me on the shoulder, and then Lindsay came up and grabbed me. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It was one of the best Channel Ten because Stephen Quartermain. Who does Channel Ten now? Mm. He was our he was the sports guy back then, mm. so all the games were called by Stephen Quarterman. Mm. So um, straight away he was on Channel Ten. Then Channel Seven picked it up. Then Channel Nine picked it up. Yeah. SBS picked it up. So so whenever you watch TV that day and the next day and the next day, they talk about the great comeback. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we were seeing that 
So I had a smile on my face for a week. Yeah. You know, I, don't, I don't know how many more games we won after that, but I was smiling about that game. Yeah. Was that one of the best moments in the NBA? Yeah, career? it was. That winning, winning, I think the thirty-five points in the in the grand final that first ninety-three yeah. was probably my best because I got hot and I just yeah. couldn't miss. Was that your third game? You said that was just like you played above your level. Yes. Okay. Yes. That was your third. That was the third when I when yeah. I just could not miss. Yeah. I, they gave me the ball and I went to work. And I ended up with 35. Like I think I scored 20 in that quarter or something. I snapped yeah. everything, and I was I was just throwing up crap too, and it was going in. I'm like, how'd that go in? Give me another one. How'd that go in? It was <laughs> one of those games where it was meant to happen. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So unconscious. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. How's that feeling? Because we talk about like pressure. You know, like in the final seconds, and obviously we all we've never been in that situation. So we say we'll be calm under pressure and stuff. But there, when the game's on the line, how is it? Like, are you thinking? Are you saying I want to take nah, the moment? Nah, because I, I because you because you you've been in, yeah. in practice, you sort of work on stuff yeah. like that, pressure situations. So you or build whatever. your confidence up. You sort of build okay. your confidence up. There's no, there wasn't any real stress. You know what yeah. I mean? I've, I've missed some shots as well. I've missed a couple. I've made probably three or four game winners. You know what I mean? But it's funny because whenever we played in the playoffs, like Drew would always average thirty points a game. Okay. Now that was average 25 to 30, 29, 26, 25, 24, all right? But every playoffs I played in, I played in, I played in 15 seasons with the Tigers. We played in 14 playoffs, so we missed one time, okay? Every playoff series, my numbers have gone up. And the reason is they always try to stop Gazy. They might double-team Gazy yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So there was no pressure for me because I knew yeah. I had to score. If I don't score, we yeah. don't win. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. The playoff Lenard, you. I was happy when for the playoff. Playoff times, he comes yeah. up. So that's why Drew, when Drew grabbed that rebound, yeah. he didn't. He had time to dribble it down himself. Yeah. He kicked it to me straight yeah. away. Yeah. He knew I was going to get a shot off. Now he didn't. He probably didn't know if it was going to go in, but he knew. But he trusted probably, you as well. Yeah, that's right. That trust is everything. Matt, when that ball went in, you should have seen his reaction, his dad's reaction, and the people. <laughs> Court announcer, it was chillings ran down, man. We and we parted all night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still think about that moment. What? Because I know, like me, like championships or when I played a good game, I just think about it and I can still remember the feelings. Uh, Is that peak though? Like, does that peak in your life? Yeah, yeah, man. It's you know, it's now the rest is just you know. That's in making the NBA is peak. Making the NBA, winning the grand final here is, is peak. Having your kids is always going to yeah. be peak. Yeah, that's yeah. a big thing. Yeah, those, yeah. those three things. Yeah. Are speaking, sure that yeah. Yeah. speaking about the NBA, I've got a quick question for you. Like, a lot of us obviously didn't get to witness the Michael Jordan era. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Larry okay. Baird and all that kind of yep. stuff. Yeah, and a lot of people have seen it through. You watched The Last Dance, yeah? Yes. Yeah, that was a big thing during the pandemic, mm-hmm. yeah? Yep. Um, and there's obviously that debate, the Michael Jordan debate, LeBron yeah. James debate, whether yeah. it's a debate or not. Yep. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of. I'm gonna answer that right now, though. Go ahead. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll fix the debate for you so you can see it. Though. Done, I'm done, I'm done. A lot of people, like even players that played with like Michael Jordan at the time, they speak about like his killer mentality and all that yep. kind of stuff. And you got players in the NBA that still didn't think that Michael Jordan was the best. Like s- some people, like Allen Iverson, right. you know I mean, didn't consider Michael Jordan the best. And he until does now, though, you know, he, he does now, now he does now. He retracted that statement. But it wasn't until, like, obviously, like, the, the last dance where a lot of people changed their opinion. Mm. Was the last dance, like, over-sensationalized? Or would you agree to that? No, or was that was, actually was how Michael. it was? That was Michael. That was Michael was a rock. The, the, the Chicago Bulls were rock stars of the NBA. Whenever Chicago came to town, it was a sellout. Yeah. And that was 15 years in a row. Whenever you went, you couldn't get a ticket in Chicago. Um, 
Michael was the best player I'd ever seen play in my life. I remember sitting on the bench, and they were, he's going up and down, and he made a move. And I'm on the opposite bench, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm catch myself. But here's people that always say, why do you think Michael's the GOAT and not LeBron? LeBron is a magnificent player. He's a beast. LeBron is probably the GOAT of this time. But overall, it's Michael. Michael's a GOAT because – if there was no Michael, there wouldn't be a LeBron. Yeah. LeBron started weighing 23 because of Michael. Yeah. Okay? Now, people go, well, so what? Listen, Michael Jordan still sells shoes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now he's been retired for 12 years, and you can't get Jordans. You can walk right down the street and get a pair of LeBrons yeah. at somebody's backyard sale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If LeBron was the GOAT, People would be buying would, would be buying out those shoes. Yeah. Okay, just think about what I'm saying here. He's been retired 12 years. You can't get the Jordans, the real Jordans. You can't get them. No, you can't. 12 years later, 15 years later. Yeah. Think about what I'm saying, man. He's a cultural icon. Yeah. I want to yeah, shake your hand, but I'll hit the mic. So. <laughs> How about like was it the eye test when you saw him on the court? Like was it more like that? Like he's because you, you said he's so much. Was he so much better than everyone else? So much better yeah. than everyone else. Hershey yeah. Hawkins who I thought was a great player, who took me to the ring, helped me mm. to become a better player. Yeah. Poor Hershey, because Jordan gave it to him every game. <laughs> yeah. They knocked us out. They swept us in the, in the um, Atlantic Division in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Knocked us right out, straight out. Yeah. And Charles jo- Barkley was yeah, killing us. Charles them. Barkley was great, but yeah. he was nothing compared to Jordan. Not even close. <laughs> Not even – there was nobody compared to Jordan, man. Nobody. <laughs> you know, I, I was there, I'm telling yeah. you. Now – that's my opinion. That don't mean it has to be true. Yeah. But the best player these eyes have ever seen <laughs> is Michael <laughs> Jordan. Yeah. Yeah. That is the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Even in those years you were there, because I've heard Charles say it, because obviously there's two three-peats. He goes, the first three-peat, it showed why Michael was like the greatest ever. And then the next three-peat showed why he was the best in the league. Like that was a diff- that was He played Charles three. Said. He left, the, left to go play baseball. <laughs> No training, no nothing. Come back Sorry. and win three more. <laughs> Dominates the league. Come on, man. Come on, man. And yeah. you know, only like only Shaq and Kobe have won three. Yeah, and, crazy. and Chicago, no other teams won three besides like Celtics. Mm. You know, that's crazy. And Celtics in the sixties, not Magic's Lakers, not. Drew, listen the, to me. The best guy, the best player. I, it was almost like he walks on air. Black Jesus, like, yeah. He, whatever, whatever <laughs> move you throw at him, mm. yeah. whatever move you throw at him, he'll get you. He, 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 he moves. We you send double teams at him. People try to double him. Mm. He finds a way to score. Mm. He, he has his numbers every night, man. Mike was at that level, but how good was Charles Barkley? Because obviously you trained with him and stuff. Charles was very good. Charles, and I, I probably shouldn't say this, but Charles got to a level where he was a bit lazy because he was so talented. Yeah. Charles didn't have to work on his. And he, he knew he wasn't going to win titles. Like the nineties was. He didn't. He, you didn't see Charles go in there and go. Oh, I'm gonna get up 500 shots. He did it every now and again. You yeah. know what I mean. Mm. But Jordan was religious at doing that before training and after training. Yeah, yeah. Religious. You know what I mean? Um, It's that killer mentality. Yeah, and he had it. Yeah. And that's if there was no Jordan, there wouldn't be a LeBron. There wouldn't be a Kobe. Because these guys learn. They learn. If you listen to Allen Iverson in his speech, in his Hall of Fame speech, he said how he used to sit there on his mom's dresser and watch Jordan. Yeah. Mm. And, and he's he, he so mad at Detroit Pistons for roughing. But see, here's the, here's the one thing that people don't understand. Back then, back then, when Jordan was playing, there was no social media. 
So he was famous around the world without Facebook and and yeah. Instagram and YouTube. And YouTube. Yeah. There was nothing, man. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Hundred percent. Nothing. 100%. Yeah. And then also, also, I love LeBron. LeBron's the man. Okay. Yeah. Number two. Yeah, because <laughs> who we yeah. talk, talk about off, ca- off camera, off camera. No, no, it's no, right. camera. but listen, but here's, here's the thing: basketball in the '90s, in the '80s, was two times more physical mm. than it is now. If you hit LeBron, he falls to the ground and grabs his head like somebody shot him. Jordan no, no. got hit by twenty. They had the Jordan rules. Yeah. Anytime Jordan drives, put him on his ass. Yeah, hundred. You understand what I'm saying? So Jordan had to yeah. get in the weight room every offseason and bulk up because every team was going at him. Mm. Now, if you're the man and everybody's hitting you, these big guys are hitting you, yeah. and you're still the best in the league. Imagine. <laughs> now, I'm not saying LeBron, LeBron couldn't do it. He would have to change his mentality though. Because right now, if you tap LeBron, he falls out like he's playing soccer or something. You know, yeah. he fell, oh, my yeah. leg, my, my back. It happened this morning. LeBron. Yeah, he went to the room and Giannis blocked him. He was complaining for like 10 seconds to the ref. See, I just got on Instagram. Fine, like, fine, Jordan complaining. Yeah. Jordan get his get back and he'll but, come back at you. But you can make an excuse for that. The league's become softer. For example. The league has become softer. Way right? more softer. Yeah. Kelly Oubre the other day blew a kiss to the other player when he, I don't know, dunked on him. I don't yeah. know what he did to him. Yeah. You got a technical for that, but they had they had to become a little bit softer because it was dangerous. Yeah, you see how Concussions they let us fight, that. and that you yeah. can't do that now. No, yeah, no. now, now imagine all that on social because it's social media, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I keep telling you guys, yeah. social media. Put all that on social media now. Now basketball is banned yeah. everywhere yeah. else because they like to fight all the time. Yeah, you, can't, you can't get away with anything. There's you can't get away with technology, anything. Technology like the yeah. cameras will come yeah. back. Yeah. To That's you right. That's right. I blame Ron Artest, man. Yeah, for Everyone going up in the stands ball, and, and banging somebody. You <laughs> <laughs> smoked them. Ron wasn't hearing it. But you asked me a question. Who's the second best player? Yeah. My second best player? I'll probably say Magic. Yeah. Magic yeah. was. That's five titles. Magic That's, has yeah. five titles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And five but, in nine years. He went but, to finals nine times. But Magic turned the LA Lakers into Showtime. Yeah. And he was 6'9, six, 6'10. And you never found a guy that size who could handle the ball like him. Yeah. He evolved because he yeah. worked on his game. He worked on his shot. He got better. LeBron, again, I, I don't want to down, downplay LeBron. LeBron's the beast. Yeah. LeBron's the best right now. LeBron's the best. Yeah. LeBron's the goat right now. How about yeah. Kevin Durant? Kevin Durant's a good defender, but he wasn't. <laughs> not LeBron. Yeah. He's not LeBron. Yeah. LeBron's the best right now. Yeah. Who's the goat right now? LeBron James. That's it. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah. But overall, there's a couple of guys on that, on that Mount list, Rushmore. on that Mount Rushmore before yeah. LeBron. LeBron, LeBron's on there, he's on there, but you got to have Jordan. Yeah, you got to have Kareem. Who yeah. you understand? Who won all those titles, man? You know, you got to put those guys on you there because yeah. in their era, they were so much better than everybody then. Yeah. Now LeBron's so much better than everybody now. Yeah, mm-hmm. is Magic on your Mount Rushmore? One hundred percent. Larry Bird. Let me tell you a story about Larry Bird. Larry Bird's <laughs> one of the biggest. Trash talkers in the <laughs> NBA. I remember. I've heard his three point contest. Man, I remember <laughs> we played like we didn't. We played Boston. Yes. And they had two stadiums. They had the Boston Garden yeah. with the parquet floor. So they had it was, but the that floor looked fantastic on TV, didn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, the raggediest gym. <laughs> no way. It was the worst. Had holes in the floor. No heating or air yeah, conditioning. Yeah, I know the heating. It story. was horrendous. And then they played in Connecticut. 
okay, at another gym, all right? We ended up playing them in Connecticut. And I remember Larry, we, we, were, we, were, we were up. I think we got up 15 or something, and they took Larry out of the game, took Charles out. I got to play in the game or whatever. <sighs> they put Larry back in the game. Nah. Right? So Larry's running, Larry's running up and down. Larry starts hitting threes. Zip. Yeah, yeah. Zip. Yeah. Zip. <laughs> running past the bench. Barkley, you better get your fat ass off the bench. <laughs> <laughs> got one for you waiting on your bar. He was talking trash. <laughs> Listen. They, him they got it back down. They got it back, they got it back to seven or eight. Took the young kids out. Put Barkley back in. Bird had 45 that game, and they ended up beating us. Damn. In Connecticut, yep. How hard yeah. did you write Bird? Yeah, because I don't think people understand how. One of the yeah. best shooters yeah. I have yeah. ever. Smartest. But see, here's the thing about Bird and Gaze. They can't jump yeah. that high, man. It's athleticism. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Tell them they can't jump. They're not athletic at all. Yeah. But they find a way. They're not quick. They can't. They're not fast. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They find a way to get numbers every single yeah. night. They work hard. That's a professional. Though. Yeah, 100%. You know shoot, yeah. Larry Bird. Yeah. They find a way to score the rock every single night. Yeah, I've heard his trash talking. Yeah, yeah big trash talking. That guy was crazy. Yeah. Free throws with his eyes closed. <laughs> He's good. That's ridiculous. So, how's life um, post playing basketball? You know what I mean. I'm. Um, it's good for me. I'm, I play a lot of golf. Mm-hmm. I train a lot of kids over at Altona right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I coached. I'm in Sydney with Andrew Gaze. I coached a couple of big V teams here in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, I coached at a high school. I won a little McDonald's Cup championship yeah. at Haydenbury. Um, but now I'm just doing. Um, like in a small academy with mm. kids, I get sixty a week. Yeah, you know what I mean, I'm just I'm just get, trying to get back, man. Trying to mm. be in these the kids love. Yes, yeah. yeah, be in the world, be mm. in the basketball world. These kids love it. You know, it, just give them because when when what I found here in Australia, as opposed to in America, you get more parents involved here, mm. like helping, helping more parents helping. Uh, coach, Kids, yeah. like okay. footy, basketball, yeah. but they don't know the sport. Like, yeah. like a lot of fathers will coach on Saturday morning, but they're footy, they're, they're footy guys. Yeah, but you can't find a coach because there's so many basketball teams. Yeah, so they help out. So well, they're just helping out. They're just helping out. They don't know get. the insides and outsides of basketball. Yeah. So that's sort of where I step in. And and in America, when you're little, they teach you left hand and right hand. Yeah, over here they just give you the dominant hand. Exactly. So I try to give them left hand, right hand. Looks like weaknesses. Yeah, but yeah. Fundamentals so, and stuff. Yeah. But it's good. It's been good for a while. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, you know, when you were coaching the NBL and you saw like these guys' mentalities and stuff, even just making NBL, what does it take to make it professional in sport? Because obviously like you did the college and now you've seen people that have come up and their work ethic, their mentality. You know, for us and some of our audience, we've got some young listeners who want to be professionals, you know, athletes. What does it actually take to make it at that level? You gotta, you, you gotta have a dream first. You gotta have a dream. You gotta. When I say a dream, I don't mean a dream. I mean, a dream means you gotta put that extra work in yourself. Your mom and dad can't say, "Get up and go shoot the basketball." You know, you you're not good, or you're, you're somebody pushing you out the door. You it has to come from in here. You gotta want to get better. You gotta want. And, and, and well, I ain't got a car. I can't make it to practice. Well, you gotta get up and get on the bus. You know what I mean? If you don't do that, 
you're never going to get there. Yeah. But if you start thinking like that, I'll find a way. If I want to be a basketball player, I'm going to find a way. I can't wait on my mom. Well, well I, I couldn't make it to practice today. My mom didn't bring me. Nah, get on the phone and find a way to get to practice. So like a no-excuse mindset. Get That's the only in. way you're going to make it to the top. Now, you might make it to a, you know, you might make it to a mid-level if, you, if you're messing around. But if you want to make it to the top, there can't be any, also, any excuses. How much work? Because some people train like, here we do like Tuesday, Thursday training, just two days a week. And we hear like in the States, people that train every single day. Let me, so let me, like let me tell you something. Listen to me. Again, I'm old. I don't look old, but I'm old, okay? Mm. <laughs> now, back then, in the early 80s and 90s, when we played basketball, and you hear old guys go, we played for eight hours. Yes, we played for eight hours every day. Let me tell you something. Why? Let me tell you why. Because we didn't have iPhones. We didn't have video games. We didn't have Apple computers. We came home. We went to the park. Yeah. My mom used to, my, our park was 10 minutes from my house. My mom used to walk down and yell my name. We had one big shed. Lenard, come home. Because there was nothing else to do, man. Yeah. That she, was it for us. She that was knew where it. you were. My kids go, you used to play with rocks when you were little, didn't you? <laughs> my kids joke around like that. But back then, there was nothing. There was no distractions. Yeah. I tell kids all the time when I talk to them, you guys think you train one hour a day, you're going to get better. Not, you ain't got a chance in hell, man, getting mm. better. One hour a day. You got to get in that gym three or four hours a day, every single day. And guess what? If you, you're the best player in the gym, that's the wrong gym for you. Mm. Get into a gym where somebody can crack you and bust you Damn. so you can get better. Because um, there's actually a book that we're reading and the guy says, you can't just say, I want to be a basketball player. You have to change your mind and go, I am a basketball That's player. Right. That's right. And then from there, you start working on the processes. And That's like right. you were saying, you didn't actually think about being in the NBA until right. like, it actually became tangible. Yeah. Mm. So you're more focused on the processes yeah. and all that sort of stuff yeah. and getting there. But yeah, man, like if people knew that from the beginning and yeah. nobody had given it. It'd be a lot easier. Yeah. It'd be a lot easier. But I, 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 today I see kids... Like, I see, in the, there's a couple of things that I don't like, but it's okay because I understand it's that time. But I see kids going on YouTube and trying all these different moves or whatever, and they'll go to the gym and try it, and they go to the next move. So many, mm. there's so many moves on YouTube. I see it all the time. 50 million, if you go moves, yeah. 50 million moves, Yeah. right? You're never going to get great at, Number one, number two, number three. Yeah. You got to keep moving it's on. It's because yeah. they all want that highlight reel. They all want their yeah, mates to that's record right. them. To they, all, they, they all, they the see the guys doing their thing and they all want to be there. Mm. But in order for them to get there, you got to start from the bottom, man. Yeah, that's what it's doing. And they also to. get bored with doing the fundamentals and stuff. Yeah. So they're always like, I know the guy Tim Grover, who trained Dwayne Wade, Michael Jordan, Kobe, and he goes, the issue with these guys is, like not those guys, but other guys in the NBA, they keep wanting to change routines. Yeah. They do one month of one thing, they're like, no, nah, I want to change it. Yeah. Kobe Michael will do the same drill twice a day for 18 years or 15 years, and that's what that's yeah. why the, the certain shots that's unguardable. That's right. The, but the other players, baseline spin, yeah. the turn around. Mm. Same shot, 500 shots. Other yeah. guy, let me change it up. I'll do the handles. and. Yeah. You know, on that point there, I was watching a video by ESPN, and they were speaking about the exact same thing you're talking about. People go on YouTube and then practice this highlight so they can perfect it on the court. 
And one of the interesting things ESPN said is like scouts are dying in the league at the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? So people, what they'll do is they'll practice that one Jamal Crawford crossover. So then when, they, when they can do it in a pickup game, they can be seen all over the news. So then yeah. instead of scouts going over to their game, they'll be like, oh, that guy's done it before. Yep. But you know what the problem is, yeah? Just like you said, he can only do that one Jamal Crawford That's crossover. Right. That's right. You know what I mean? He can't do a layup. He can't sink shots and all That's that right. kind of stuff. So it's like double whammy there. It's yeah. interesting. Um, I've got a question for you. What's your thoughts with um, everything that's happened like this year with like um, the Black Lives Matter movement, like in the NBA when they cancelled it for a whole, like a good period of time? How's it feel being like, obviously like an African-American playing in the NBA and seeing all this, you know? I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was the right thing to do. I think the NBA have, they have a great commissioner. Adam Silver is yeah, shout out caught to up. He, 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 you know, he, he listens. Yeah. You know, you and he takes action. Yeah, and he takes action. I think the best the best thing about the best thing about guys taking a stance is, yeah, we, we go out here and perform for you guys and make you guys happy, but you won't hear what we're we're complaining about or yeah. what we're crying about. You know what I mean? So we decide we're just gonna stop everything yeah. until you listen to what we gotta say. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I thought that was fantastic. And then you see Words on their on the back of their jerseys and around Black the bus. Yeah, yeah you, so fantastic, man! I, yeah. I thought it was fantastic, and I, I, and with all the stuff that happened with with George Floyd or whatever, and and the riots and all this stuff, people no no one likes riots, but that had to happen. It had to happen, man, because if it didn't, it just would have gone on and on and on again. You know what I mean? So yeah. people know now if you do it, and it's. It's may, it might happen, but it didn't happen as much because you don't hear about it. Mm -hmm. But if you do something like that again, we're going to burn your city down. Okay? And when people in power starts thinking about money, then they go, okay, hold up. They start to listen. Wait a minute. We, yeah. we got to stop this because if, if one of our boys killed another black guy, then I'm going to lose my business. So stop. You know what I mean? Because if you don't do something radical – I call it radical, but it's not radical. But if you don't do something out of the ordinary, out of the ordinary then you're back at the same yeah. same point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like that documentary, LA 92. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Those riots, like they literally had to. I don't understand this. I don't think people get it. Like especially around white Americans, mm. for example. Not all of them, but the right. ones that are opposed to the Black Lives Matter movement and all that is um, people are just asking to be treated equal. I don't right. understand that. Right. How better or anything? How, how I didn't get it. Like, right. just see me as a human. Nah. Yeah. You, take it back. No, yeah. I, I don't understand the whole mentality behind I'm not it. Asking for much. You, you know. You know what's happened though. Now, Donald, Donald Trump was the worst president we've in America has ever had. I thought, mm. but it's a blessing that he he was there for four years because he's brought to light. All the things that were under the table. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Now everyone sees. Yeah. Now you see because because like people would always ask, is Australia racist? And I say, there's racism everywhere, but in Australia, it's not in your face. They don't like in America. If you live in a black city, like in, we live in Atlanta, okay, and there's counties outside Atlanta, so it's like ten minute drive that away, and it's. Fulton County, and it's all white people, and they're a little bit redneckish. Mm. So you know where not to go, and they know where not to go. Okay. Yeah. So, but over here, I deal with white people all the time, 
and everyone's got a smile in their face. But as soon as you turn around, a couple of them are sticking you in your yeah, back. And I, they don't think I know that. They're yeah. crazy. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. But one thing about me is I'll tell them, though. I've done it before. I yeah. Look, man, I know, you, I know you're racist. Get your ass out of here. <laughs> yeah. I, it doesn't bother me to say yeah. it. You know what I mean? Because today you're still encountering that's these right. problems? Yeah. What's that? Are you still dealing like with these problems, or have you encountered people like that? I haven't encountered a lot of it here in Australia. Okay. And, and I didn't encounter a lot of it in, in, in Atlanta because... Again, we lived in the suburbs sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather owned his own farm, right? He had 90 acres, okay? He had cows and horses, and he, he farmed. He had apples and pears, and then he had corn and peas, and he did it all. This was in the, in the 70s, okay? So as young kids, my, mom, my mom's family, it was my mom's dad, there was 10 of them. So all the kids would go down in the summertime mm-hmm. and help my grandfather, right? And then stay on the farm, right? And we'd help pick peas and pick corn and stuff like that, you know yeah. what I mean? And apples. And my grandmother would then cut them up and put them in jars and save them for the wintertime. Yeah. They made soap, and they would go sell their fruit to the farmer's market. That's how they made their money, yeah. okay? So my grandfather was a well-known farmer, and he was an old guy, and he was a deacon in a church, and he was well-respected. And I remember, so this is the first time I sort of seen how they were treated. They're, my, back then, you used to pay for life insurance. The insurance man would come by and pick up your money. Yeah. All right? So, so like, we had a company called Central Life. And every month, on the 18th, the insurance man would come by. You'd pay your $20. And he'd write it in the book, and he'd sign it, stamp it or whatever, and he'd go to the next house. That's how you paid your insurance. Remember, that was in the 70s. Yeah, so there was no, no internet, okay? No direct debit. Right, there was a direct debit. <laughs> All right, so this young guy, young insurance guy, nice suit on, he, he couldn't, be, couldn't have been any more than 22, 21. My grandfather was 70. Yeah. Hmm. And my grandfather said, yes, was calling this guy, yes, sir. And, 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 and so I had an older cousin my older cousin said, we called my grandfather, Papa. Papa, why do you call that young guy, sir? He should be calling you, sir. He goes, that's the way it is around here. If you're white, they, they, you have to call him, sir. Mm-hmm. And that's the first oh, time wow. I, was, I was small, but I caught it. Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. caught it. And I always thought about every time I went to the farm, I'd always think about the young guy coming by. And if ever I saw him, I'd always be mad at him. But I, I don't know why I was mad at him. Yeah. That was the system. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're sort of mad at the system. I, I was mad. I, well, I, I'm, mad, I, I'm mad at the system now, mm. but I was mad at the white guy back yeah. then mm. because my grandfather was calling him sir when he should have been calling my grandfather sir. Yeah. You understand what I'm 100%, saying? 100%. Yeah. So out of respect for older people, yeah. you know what I mean? You, oh, yeah, sure. I, I don't care what color you are. It only makes sense. Yeah. It only yeah, makes sense for you to. And he, my, my grandfather's name was Tom. He goes, Tom, you got the money today? And my grandfather would go, yes, sir, Mr. I'm going. Uh, yeah, I, now, you put me there now, I'm punching this guy in his face. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. You know, so that, but that's the way it was, man. So that's why I think things evolve and, like, that riot thing had to happen and Black Lives Matter had to happen, man, because if yeah. it didn't. But it's good yeah. the social media, like, in 92, there was nothing. Now, in the basketball games, on the court, it says Black Lives Matter on the yeah. thing. Yeah. And then yeah. people are taking a knee, a knee, even in the NFL. Yeah. You know? Soccer, so everywhere. Tennis, everything. MLB have, like, 
that don't have a lot of Africans, they stopped and they just everything was just stopping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the world. States. Spreading awareness is so much easier. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. NASCAR, bro. NASCAR stopped? The, the, yeah. Um, what's his name? Bubba. Bubba Watson. Watson. Yeah. yeah. They, put the, a, they put that in yeah. the news. And didn't news. he win the next day or something? No, no, he came. He, he came won. Back. He won straight after, after a month or so. I don't know if he won. I just, yeah. I just saw that He's story. driving for Michael Jordan now. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Michael yeah. Jordan's yeah. Icon, See, man. You know, that's a funny point you mentioned because I was listening to a podcast and Kevin Durant was on there. Um, and he was speaking about one of the points that you mentioned before about how the league now, you know what I mean, players have to take care of themselves first because it's a business league. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he goes, there's no excuses for people out there to go and say like, oh, but there's billionaires and all this kind of stuff and capitalism has gone on and all that kind of stuff. And he goes, look at Michael Jordan, for example. Mm. You know what I mean? This guy was a player like us. Yep. Like he played, he grew up, went to college, did this and did that. Do you know what I mean? And look at him now. Do you know what I mean? Why can't we, because he was talking about the mindset, he goes, why do I have to be just a player? Yep. Why can't I be a business owner? Yep. Why can't I own a franchise like Charlotte yep. Hornets and all that yep. kind of stuff? And it's, it's one of those like mentalities that a lot of us have to put, it, it's like that, they blame everything but themselves. Yep. You know what I mean? Why isn't the world like this? Yep. You know what I mean? But why can't you be like this? That's right. Why can't you own a business like Michael Jordan? Yeah. But yeah. Thank you very much for watching the podcast. Honestly, Don't forget to like Gold. and share and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check us out on all our social media platforms as well. Uh, we want to thank Leonard Copeland for yeah, gracing us with this uh this uh, podcast, but um, I wanted to say opportunity to shout out your camp. Uh, yeah, that's school holiday camps at Altona. Uh, we had 150 and 160 kids last week, which was fantastic. By the way, I'm throwing out the first pitch in Altona on Monday. Okay. Damn. Apparently. Okay. Uh, nice. Not, not a lot of people, but yeah. What time? What time? I think it's 7 o'clock on Monday, so if you're anywhere in Altona, come to the baseball field. I'm Done. working on my... Even my um, your podcast. Yeah. Podcast will be up soon, hopefully, the Alley Oop Show. Uh, with with uh, Andrew Gaze, uh, we're working on it. We're gonna get it back going. We'll give some promotion. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it. Show it around and it's out. But yeah, we'll get we'll get that camp to three hundred kids hopefully. And then <laughs> thank you guys for having me. It's been real fun. You ask a lot of questions. My mouth is dry, <laughs> but I'm happy I came. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks, appreciate it. All right, bro. Legend.